Well, hey, everybody, it's that time on a Sunday, and we are blessed to have our good friend Portia Lynn here. Portia, how are we doing today? Great. How are you? Good. The, the topic that I, I really remember right away everybody talking about is that you're on that poster in the background. I'm on that poster. Yeah, I still have it. And let's talk about, uh, before we bring every other, everybody else in to ask questions, why don't you give us a little bit of history of that poster and how that came to be and how your, your involvement came with that? Yeah, absolutely. I'll do it as quickly as possible. So the main spearheader of the poster was Bill Margold, William Margold. And many of you know him as Uncle Bear and, and many other names probably. Um, it was during um, Operation Enduring Freedom. That was the first time we went to Desert Storm. Don't quote me on this. I'm going to say early 90s. Some of you may have better dates. Um, we were getting lots of letters from uh, troops that were over there. And we were diligently trying to write them letters. We were sending them magazines. We were sending them videos. We found out that the guys on the ships could get things easier, and then they would move them to the ground guys. Um, we found all kinds of ways to keep in contact and basically support our troops through the first desert storm. Um, and in that came um, uh, many of us that went to uh, Bill Margold and said, look, you know, this is crazy. Here we are um, fighting for, here, here our troops are fighting for freedom. We at home were kind of fighting for freedom because that was the Hal Freeman days where it was illegal to make pornography in Los Angeles County. And we had troops writing us saying, hey, this is great. I can't wait till I come home, except for they've just closed down my adult bookstore in Alabama, so I'm not going to be able to buy a, a magazine or a video like I used to. Kind of broke my heart, and I thought, you know, what could we do? And so between Bill and I and a couple other people, we came up with an idea to give back to the troops. We got the, one of the guys that was involved in the original photo during World War II kind of gave us our, uh, the blessings uh, to do this and recreate this poster. So obviously it's a recreation of the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima. And um, I'm just proud to be in there. I'm kind of one of the people in the back, one of the hidden, hidden guys. Um, I believe there was five, six originally, and one was actually hidden in the original photograph. Um, and uh, that's the history of that poster. It went on the front end of every VHS movie back in the VHS days. Uh, was on the front end of every movie for the Free Speech Coalition. And uh, that freedom isn't free. If you want to fight for it, just know it's not free. And you got to right. stand up and do the right thing sometimes. And, and I really think that the X-ray industry of all the industries and of all the, the talent out there has been probably the best for our troops of any industry out there. Always with a free autograph or always with, you know, something that all the gals and even the guys too really care about. I know uh, when uh, Christy Canyon was doing her radio show, they're always sending out free tidbits to servicemen. Yeah, we have been, and, and others have been great. Back in the day, Playboy was great. The USO sh uh, tour shows were great. Um, anybody that supports our troops is good in my book. Right. Um, well, so. Eric Edwards is with us. Do you see that down below? Do I? <laughs> yes, I do. Hey. We, we brought in all the people <laughs> for you. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Good. I missed you earlier. Oh, there was the uh, day, the daylight savings time, uh, oh. no daylight savings time, kind of the, the time zone fiasco. So, yeah, I, I was told 5 o'clock. I have my booty here at 5 o'clock. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's on me because I was not sure of the of the thing uh, on, uh, on the time zone. Eric, what do you have for, for Portia today? I have a great question for you, Portia. Um, uh, do you remember a movie called um, Innocent Taboo? Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you remember going out on houseboats and everything like that? That's the movie that you, me, and Herschel Savage will never forget. <laughs> Those were back in the days of not legally being able to make porn in L.A. County. So they were shipping us to San Francisco. They were shipping us out on houseboats. They were putting us anywhere they could that they could make a move, you know, get away with making porn legally. I, I just caught the uh, the tail end of, of your discussion. There. Yeah, I'm so glad that uh, we have laid the groundwork 
uh, for for the legalities of our business and everything like that. And people probably don't understand how really tough it was back then. But I have a question for you. Um, in shooting on a houseboat for what was it about three or four days we were out on the uh, california delta two houseboats one for the crew and one for the cast and personally i love stuff like that i love the great outdoors i love camping and everything like that but i always wondered what was your experience from a woman's point of view being out there in in god knows where we were in we got lost once, actually, I think, yes. uh, and, uh, you know, having to deal with makeup and costumes and everything like that from a woman's standpoint. Fill us in, babe. Uh, uh -huh. Well, it really wasn't that bad. Um, it was, I always liked locations uh, shooting as well, and I was lucky because I got in at that time when they were still doing things, one, because they had to get out of L.A. County to shoot. Um, and so it wasn't that bad, but one thing I do remember was there was like one bathroom for 12 of us. <laughs> so that was kind of, that was kind of challenging. Um, I remember thinking that the, the shower, the water that we had on the boat for the shower, I was like, how the hell is this going to last us 12 porn stars three days? Um, but, it, I mean, the photos came out beautiful. There was a picture of me and um, Eric naked on a on a shoreline and it was like in that pose where you couldn't really see anything but our naked bodies against the nature uh background i mean the, the photos came out beautiful but um yeah. it, it was definitely an interesting time on those houseboats they they kind of touted it to us going oh we're going to take you out in these houseboats and you're going to have a, a vacation and you're going to get to have some sex and get paid and we're all like thinking uh-huh what's the catch <laughs> remember that crazy position where I mounted you on that ladder? Uh, yes, on the boat ladder. Yes, pumping away. <laughs> yeah, we definitely let for um, gave for uh, creative moments with those those times where we're out shooting on locations with the boats. We had a sailboat once. We were out in the recreating um, road warriors out in the desert. Um, so definitely gave some uh, creative moments for sex, that's for sure. Definitely. We, we did have fun, I must say. I did anyway. Yeah. Uh, I love going on locations. And we were a small group. So there was only about 50 of us. So we all knew each other. Um, and it was, it was just a I, I know I, I'm sounding so old now, but it was just a different time, um, and uh, it was a, it was a special time for us, I think. Ursula, you want to add anything to that? Uh, what are we talking about? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so good to see you. Look how beautiful you are. Always so beautiful. I remember when I first met you, I might have been one of the first guys that ever worked with you. I mean, you were very shy. Uh, you know, I'm sure I was one of the first three anyway. But uh, you were so sweet and so innocent. And, you know, me, I was, a, uh, you, know, a, you know, a long time uh, fixture of the industry. So the f first question I wanted to ask you is, what are you doing here? Don't do it. Go away. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that's just so sweet, so beautiful, she could do better. That's that's me. What can I say, you know? Um, uh, but uh, you were always a, um, a, a very uh, sweet soul, and I could see that in you. Very, very cultured and very nice, and I'm very happy you're still doing well, you know? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was. I came in very... Um, uh, I'm not sure what the all whole words are, introverted, shy, I grew up on a country farm, very small school, there was maybe 50 that graduated from my high school, very small, I did go to Michigan State University, so I had a little bit of schooling before I hit California, um, but I, I had a nursing degree, I realized that everything that happened um, 
and, and nursing was not necessarily my dream of how it happened. Uh, at one time, I wanted to be a runway model and wasn't tall enough for that. So finally, I kind of had that thing of going, well, if I'm going to make porn, now's my time to do it. I was 24. That, that's like ancient by today's standards. <laughs> they, they'd be like, oh, you're too old. We can't hire you. Um, but I was 24 when I got in the, the biz. And um, it was great for me. I used it very wisely. I knew what I was getting into. I didn't buy into any illusions with it. Um, it was a great healing experience for me. I was able to heal a lot of things sexually, um, as well as had an incredible um, exploration playground to really explore all kinds of crazy sexual things that I may not have ever had a chance to do. Um, so it was great for me, and um, but I'm also a strong, uh, strong, uh, strong-willed Irish woman. So, <laughs> so take it. Take, it would take a lot to break me, and porn definitely wasn't going to break me. So, all right. Well, let's go around uh, around the horn here to some of our uh, our fans that we have here. Uh, Barry, let's start off with you, and uh, you always have uh, a good lead-off question. Yeah, first, by the way, I love that I'm in the box next to you. I keep trying to go like this and take a selfie, but I realize it's not right or really appropriate. Um, but, <laughs> oh, um, so, so my first question, actually, um, so you did a lot of the main, what I call mainstream porn with a plot, a storyline, but you also were pretty successful doing the bondage and the BDSM type stuff, too. Like, you didn't see a lot of the other girls doing that. They would either do the mainstream porn stuff or the BDSM stuff, but you were doing both, and you were pretty successful at it. Was there one that you enjoyed more than the other? I mean, I know now you're running, I don't know, are you still doing the dungeon thing out in Arizona? I am. I still own and operate a dungeon here, almost 20 years in Arizona. It's one of the many things I do. Um, great question, Barry. I was actually um, brought into the business kind of at the, as that apple pie, uh, fresh, innocent face, kind of uh, all-American girl. I was under contract with an incredible man, uh, Dino Ferrari, Lenny Burtman, and uh, they kind of kept me in that, that kind of apple pie box. When I, when I was uh, done with my contract, I moved on. And it was also kind of at the time when the gonzo was starting to hit or amateur porn or the real, you know, we want to watch people having sex for real. And, and I always thought, God, we are having sex for real. But um, it was about that time, and I got approached by a couple different people, and I really just wanted to try some different things. The other reason why I gravitated towards BDSM is I got, um, this is going to sound terrible, but I got really bored with some of the vanilla sex in porn. It was just kind of boring. You get to a set and the director would say, okay, give me a couple positions and give me a pop shot, give me my money shot, and then let's we're going to strike this set so we can get on with the next scene or whatever. Um, and I, I, for, for me, BDSM held such a um, plethora of different varieties of ways that we could engage sexually. Um, also, it was there was a time with the when the HIV thing came and hit the porn industry. So we were all looking at different ways to engage with people that wouldn't necessarily um, be uh, contaminating uh, ways. Um, and I was I was really successful at both. I thank you for that. Thank you for noticing that the different transitions that I went through and still being really successful. Um, at both uh, at both sides, so it was it was also a time when a lot of the um, let's say mainstream porn stars weren't going to be like I'm not going to be shown in that light of BDSM kind of thing, and I was kind of the bad girl of the amber ginger. <laughs> I can imagine I was the bad girl. Uh, I was I was willing to go. You know what? F it. This is porn. Why can't I make BDSM if I want to? Why can't I have somebody lick my boots if I want to? And luckily, I had some good friends that were in into the the business. Jamie Gillis was a great supporter for me. I love Jamie Gillis so dearly. He was a great man. And Jamie was like, "Yeah, if you're if you want to tie somebody up and fuck them in the ass, that's oh, can I say that? Oh, yeah, anyway. you're fine. You're fine." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, go for it, you know. And Jamie, so Jamie was a great cheerleader for me. Um, and then I, I, I always kind of laugh because now I see all the, the other ones that have kind of followed after me. So I, I just take that as a compliment. <laughs> can, can I just ask one more question before you move on? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Well, good. I just don't need to. So also, and then this is my second question. So what do you think of like the bondage of today, like the kink.com stuff? where it's really pushed way past what you were doing on film back then. <clears throat> well, well, well. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of a lot of stuff that's being produced right now, whether it's XX porn or BDSM. Uh, the reason why I'm not a big fan is because it doesn't appear that the acts are consensual. So it may be well be consensual and they may have signed the releases and they may have had the girl with their driver's license saying, I'm on camera, I'm doing this of my own free will and all that. But it's not portrayed as consensual. Um, no, I, so get, I, I get you. Because you know what? It's funny. Back then, I swear there was rules like no incest porn, no um, tying somebody up, no uh, virtual or fake rape scenes. And it seems like now... That's like the norm, and I'm like, man, you did not see that years ago. That was like an unwritten rule not to do that, and I'm like, and those rules are just out the window. It wasn't so much unwritten, Barry, because that came out of the Mies Commission in with Re the Reagan era. So what the Mies Commission did is basically they created rules uh, which would either deem our porn was okay or our porn was obscene. So we we said, look, if you're going to say that what we're doing is obscene, you got to tell us what's obscene. And it became it, it became obscene because they were saying things like no more than four fingers past the second knuckle, no foreign objects inserted into someone, no one could be tied down and have something inserted into them, blah, 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 blah. And as it happened, everybody pushes the window or pushes the envelope a little further and a little further and a little further until nowadays you look at it, and I agree with you, it is almost the norm. Um, and I don't like the, the, the girl crying and the tears. And it, it, it's, it's not a turn on for me, but I can tell you a little story of going in the Hustler Hollywood Hall of Fame where you put your your handprints in the sidewalk, and Larry Flint is such an amazing man. He takes you to dinner afterwards, and we're sitting at, I think, Morton's Steakhouse in L.A., and he says, he says to me, kid, uh, so what is it that you do again, kid? Remind me what you do. And I said, well, I do a lot of things. I said, I own a dungeon. I teach at a shamanic university. I own a gun shop. And he's like, I'll never understand you. And he goes, he, he goes, you own a dungeon. He said, I don't get it. Why do people want to come in and get tied up and beaten? And and I said, well, you know, that's just different things for different folks. He said, I said, I don't understand why you want to see how many dicks you can get into an 18-year-old girl's ass the day after she turns 18. But I will definitely say, you know, protect your right to do that. And he, he was like, yeah, you got me. I guess I have to protect your right to do that. <laughs> to do that too so our thing was always about consent our thing was about proper age um, and I, I often want to shut my mouth a little bit um, because um, I find sometimes I get judgmental and like oh I don't like that porn they shouldn't be doing that and then I think you know what if everybody was of age if it was all consensual it might not be my cup of tea but so be it Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. Sorry to hijack the... Uh, That's all right, Barry. That's all right. Uh, Sharon Mitchell just got done riding horses, or she'd have been here today to, to say howdy, too. So Awesome. She, uh, she says, you're one classy gal. And also, uh, building on what she said, too, is how did the pink ladies situation start? How did you get that going? Uh, the pink ladies came early on, and it came from, boy, I, I want to say it was me and Nina and Gina Fine and Angel Kelly. We were um, kind of in our the start of our heyday when we were kind of big porn stars. Um, and we were seeing that some of the things on the sets uh, some of the talent could use some support in different ways. 
whether it's just uh, mental health support or hygiene support or whatever it may be. Um, and we wanted to start an organization that wasn't like a union, but would be a group of women that could support women in the biz um, and, uh, and, and hopefully help uh, others. Um, so that's kind of how that started. Okay. She just texted me. She says, just let her or anyone know that whatever she says is golden and she is an amazing woman, always has been, always will be. So. Oh. So, Thank anyway. you, Mitch. <laughs> She's an awesome lady. She'll, she'll watch the replay, so I'll, I'll send the replay to her. So, uh, Charles is with us from San Francisco, and Charles usually has a good question. I think I have the same question every week to every porn star, and I'm sorry. I always am interested and fascinated with the acting. I don't know why, because I like having the plot and the story and the storyline, and I like kind of it going in the kind of a linear direction. And I wanted to find out what your thoughts were, because I remember in the 80s they had more stories, and now they don't, which I find horribly kind of disappointing. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, too, grew up on that kind of porn. You got, I got to, you know, place myself as a, a Michigan State student at Michigan, uh, student at Michigan State University. And the way we got our porn was there was an adult drive-in theater about five miles east of the campus. Oh, so, wow. I know, that's what we said. We were like, oh my God, this is incredible. We got to go. So I grew up with the, you know, the Bob Chin directors. I grew up with the, the stories and the, the 35 millimeter films and every woman has a fantasy and insatiable and, you know, behind the green door. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with those things. And, and so that was kind of my porn too, is that there was some story keeping the glue of this together of why these people would be having sex. Um, and then sometimes I get why people just want to watch some gonzo sex. They just want to watch some quick sex, get off and move on with their day. I'm, I'm guilty of that sometimes. Right. right. Yeah. I, get that too. I just don't understand. You know, I wish that they had stories with movies kind of today. It doesn't have to be a large part of the industry, but just something. You know, I, as I said, I like having some kind of linear story. It's just yeah. it's pointing the way that it is now where it's, you know, a little more kind of wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, kind of, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, and I know they, when, they, when that transition started happening, they were telling um, a lot of the performers saying, oh, nobody wants the, nobody wants a script anymore. Nobody wants a storyline. All people want to see is sex. And, and I thought, well, that's, that's probably true, but there's still a lot of people that are going to like the story. There's a lot of people that are going to like that part as well. I, lo I love the people who, like, they got into it because they got into acting and then kind of like ended up moving over into, you know, porn. And I'm like, that's so fascinating. That's so interesting. That's so, you know, different. Yeah, a lot of great, a lot of the greats say, you know, uh, Herschel, Eric, I mean, oh. Jamie Gillis, Annie Sprinkle, a lot of the greats from the New York theater, uh, real, real actors, right? And uh, that, Paul Thomas, I mean, there's, there's tons of them. So. You know, that's why that might be why people enjoyed it more then because there was that kind of sense of kind of pride and professionalism that you know that was what they were interested in and yeah. that was it was a way to yeah i can do acting and you know if i can't get a regular mainstream role i can get at least get paid for something right Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can think about the impact that a film like Deep Throat made when it had its release, where it was basically a theatrical release, Deep Throat. Right. And it was, I mean, it was super impactful. It was, it was so, huge. Yeah. wasn't quite Star Wars, but it was up there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't John Wick, but okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Aaron is with us from Florida, and Aaron, uh, you always have a question. Yes, I do. Uh, but first of all, I just want to say, hi, Portia, I'm right here next to you. Oh, yeah. 
very nice to uh, finally be able to meet you somewhat in person. And I just want to say I'm a big fan. Um, I do have a couple of questions. First of all, one question I'd like to ask is when it comes to the Hall of Fame list, which organization do you think the Hall of Fame is the bigger impact for the adult entertainers? Would it be Legends of Erotica? Would it be AVN? Or would it be the um, XRCO? Good question. Um, you know, I always look, when I was getting honored by any of those organizations, I always looked at them as um, it had a different focal point. So AVN definitely had the focal point of the body of work that we did, the movies that we did, the supporting actresses, uh, actors, you know, they had, they had a really good understanding of the full body of work that we, we have done. Um, the X-Rated Critics Organization, XRCO, back in the day, they came from a, 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 the focal point of the, the critics and the reviewers and, and, and that and understanding our body work that way. Uh, Free Speech Coalition, um, uh, they had a, a little different um, focal point because their focal point also had to do with how we were as um, activists. And what we actually, how we, I'll say in my language, how we actually walked our talk. So it's great to be in this incredible industry that uh, we've been in. And I have been so lucky. I've been in the best of the best. Um, uh, and But what are you going to give back? How are you going to pay it forward? For me, it has a lot to do with remembering the history and the people that all the incredible people that came before me that paved the way for me to be and do what I've done and also how I could give back to future generations or how I could support each other, uh, uh, how I could support any of the, any people that were creating that kind of work as well. Um, so to answer your question, Aaron, I don't know if that really answers your, but I never put one as better or worse than another because their focal points were just so different for me. Okay, and I do have, um, I'm going to be kind of like Buck here for a minute. Um, I do have another another question for you. Um, I know in the film For Love and Money, uh, you worked with Gail Harris, and I really would like to know what that was like to uh, work with her. Wow, that goes back a, that goes back a while. Um, <laughs> um so I, I want to make sure I'm got the same the right person. When you you're saying Gail Harris, that was the tall, slender. Um, uh, She's uh, the one that had kind of like the um, English accent. Her real name is uh, uh, actress. Her real name is uh, Gail Thackeray. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, yeah, she and she. I don't know if she I'm was sorry, English. One second. <laughs> I can't remember if she was English or Australian. Um, but uh, she was uh, she came in the business at a time when they were starting to um, make movies in different places. Um, so I think she may have been Australian. Um, all I remember is that she was hot, hot, hot. <laughs> I wish I could tell you more, but I do remember that she was hot, hot, hot. I also remember that she shot a. Um, uh, a layout for Hustler um, uh, magazine at the time, and she was um, a parachutist, and she was naked, and, and she was skydiving um, with, the, with the chute on, and the straps and everything, naked, and I asked her, I was like, oh my god, didn't the straps rub when you, when you jumped out of the plane? And she was like, yeah, the straps rubbed a raw spot right between my cheeks and around my, uh, where my bra strap would be, so oh, wow. that was one thing I remember about her. Thank you very much, Portia. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Aaron. Jorge is with us. And Jorge, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yourself? Real good. I just I just want to say it's, it's a pleasure meeting you. And, and um, I guess I'm going to put you on the spot with all these uh, other act. Who, who did you have the best scene with, and either male or female? And, and thank, I'm also in the, in the military, and I just want to thank you for all the all you know all the things you did for us and so i guess you're on the spot <laughs> thank you 
thank you for your service to our country. Um, I didn't say my father was a master gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps USMC, so thank you for your service. Um, put me on the spot. My favorite, you know, uh, this probably, I, I really had a great time with all of them. I know some people will say there were some scenes that were classic. One was a scene with John Leslie in an airplane at Bob Vossi Studios. Um, I don't know, Bob Vossi, some of you may know her. Bob Vossi's claim to fame is he was an incredible cinematographer, and he was also a, a great surfer. His claim to fame was he shot the opening um, section of Hawaii Five O, where the camera's moving through that tube on a surfboard. That was his claim to fame. But again, he was San Francisco. They were, they were taking us out of L.A. any way they could to make films. And we had a, um, a 747 that was cut up so you could shoot movies on it. And so I know a lot of people said, oh, my God, that scene from that plane was, like, oh, incredible. Um, I, 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 Nina Hartley was always great. I think anybody that came to the set and was real with their sexuality and talked about what they liked, what they didn't like, how they wanted the scene to kind of progress um, was always a, a good person to work with. So it's really hard for me <laughs> to say favorites. Um, but I will say that I got to work with some of the most incredible men and women. Um, and uh, it was a great time. So I, I will say some of my favorites, definitely Nina Hartley, Erica Boyer, uh, Bianca, um, Amber Lynn, um, there is there are some really awesome women as well as awesome men. Um, right. Okay. John Leslie, Herschel Savage, Eric <laughs> Tommy Byron. You know, there there were some really great men, and they were, and like I said, it was so special because we were. It was an intimate family, so we all knew each other. Right. Correct. Support each other. It was just a different time for us sexually. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so. And also, um, one last. Have you ever done a, would you consider ever doing an, an exotica to do autographs and stuff like that? Sure, I haven't done one of those in many years, but I'm, I, I never say no. I never say never. Right, okay. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much, and thank you for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Maybe we can, uh, can work on that. Probably not this year because I think everything is going to end up being canceled, but certainly uh, it's, we've had a fun time. I uh, last year, Herschel and I went up to Portland, and boy, did we have a fun time, didn't we, Herschel? We made so much money. Uh, yeah, we had fun. I mean, I, uh, Pat was my roommate, and I fell in love. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Portland's a beautiful place, really, isn't it? Beautiful country up there. Patrick, everything is bigger in Texas. What's going on down there? It's hotter than hell. How you doing, Portia? It's hotter than hell here too. It's one one eighteen today in Phoenix, so I yeah. feel like that. <laughs> um, my uh, uh, first, I have a comment. Uh, my my favorite uh, film that you did was uh, Lesbian Seduction. You, Erica Boyer, and Nina Hartley all in one scene. I was I just uh, happened to be watching it, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, my question is, I'm an endurance kind of guy. What's the toughest, hardest scene you've done? Endurance guy. Hmm. Well, there, uh, there's two that come to mind. One is, um, I've already alluded to it, we were recreating road warriors out in the desert. And literally, we were out in, like, the Mojave Desert, I mean, in these tiny little trailers, and um, I was working with Peter North, and Peter was so great. He, he, was, he was a really caring, gentle, uh, supportive guy to work with. And I, um, we were in a back seat of a truck that was, like, on the ground, so there was just sand everywhere. And you, you couldn't move without getting sand under your armpits and your ears, you know. And now you can imagine in your pussy, in your ass crack. I mean, sand is just 
freaking everywhere. <laughs> and so um, anybody who's ever had sex in sand knows it's not all that romantic. So obviously once the stuff, we start, you know, penetration's happening, now we've got sand in the, the lube and sand in the abilene and oh my God, it was just, um, and so yeah, it was like the scene that we both thought was never going to end. <laughs> The other yeah, one, do. the other one is a scene in a castle in Italy with Rocco Sofredi, and um, Fred Lincoln was the director, and I, I was I was, I used to, I could sometimes be a little bitch on, on, on set, but I was really bitchy that day. I was freezing cold. I couldn't get warm, and I kept saying this, this, this castle fucking freezing in here and Fred Lincoln was like oh it's okay we're gonna get you warmed up the lights will warm you up and blah 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 so I'm in the dressing kind of dressing room uh wardrobe room and um I my I set my glass of water down and I go to pick it up and it's crusted with ice on the top <laughs> I said I'm not fucking in this cold shit <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. did warm up the room, and we did get the scene done. But yeah, well, it was yeah, Rocco yeah, Sofredi. That, that I really, I really enjoy your work with Nina. You and Nina, I thought, were terrific together. Yeah, I agree. She's she's an amazing woman, and uh, again, she loved sex, and she was really easy to communicate with about what you felt like doing that day, what was good, what wasn't working for you. And she was just real about the sex instead of making it something like fake or weird or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, by the way, I have a photo of you that I will be sending to your address to get signed. So Happy. Happy to do that. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Uh, Chris is with us. Chris has had his hand up for quite a while. So... Um, What's uh, what's going on, Chris? I got you muted accidentally, but unmute it and go ahead. Yep, yep. Stop to unmute. Unmute. There you go. There you go. Okay. Hey, Portia, how are you? Good. Oh, you look you look wonderful. Thank, thank you. you for thank you for being with us this Sunday evening. You look really awesome. Ah, thank um, you. So I had a question for you. Did you did you do a lot of um, Shooting in New York or mostly uh, in L.A. or in your early days, you shot more in New York. Well, when I in the very early days, I started. I made my first adult film in December of '85 or '86, I believe '86, um, and I worked for a company called Vidco, uh, Ruben Sturman, the great man that he was. Um, and uh, it was right about that time where they were starting to lock down things in L.A. I signed a contract with um, Dino Ferrari, Lenny Bertman, and immediately was whisked away to Europe, where I spent about four years shooting in Europe. Germany, Italy, France, Belgium, that kind of uh, area. So we spent... Uh, my whole, basically my whole time under contract with um, Dino Ferrari, I was in Europe working. And then uh, after I came out of that contract, I worked in L.A. because uh, uh, Hal Freeman had basically won the case and had gotten us to be able to shoot in L.A. legally again. And in between there, I shot a lot in New York uh, because I was working a lot in New York. I was still dancing a lot. And I was working at Showworld in New York. So um, I would go to, to Show World to work, and then somebody would hire me. I worked a lot for Gotham videos, made a lot of um, BDSM stuff, and as well as um, Bizarre Bizarre video uh, with, um, gosh, I'm not going to think of his name right now, Morty um, Rothstein. Um, so great, some great people in New York as well. Um, and then shot quite a bit in San Francisco back in the day where they were kind of shipping us anywhere they could. Avocado ranches, houseboats, sailboats. Right. So you you probably remember when in New York in your, your downtime, did, did you ever go to our bar, Barnard's, the bar, sort of the, the, the porn bar in Times Square where everybody used to hang out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It was a, it was a great, you know, it was kind of the best of times and kind of the worst of times because we were, we were getting hit hard with HIV. We were losing so many really good people. So it was kind of like the best of times and the worst of times. Yeah. But New York is yeah. a, an amazing city. And in the heyday of, of uh, Times Square, the way it used to look and how it looks now is like night and day. Yeah. Um, and there were some great people. You know, that's where I met Sharon Mitchell I met for the first time. Sharon Kane I met in New York. Annie Sprinkle I met in New York. Uh, Gloria Leonard, uh, Candina Royale, met some awesome, awesome people in New York. Robin Bird, really mm -hmm. awesome people. Yeah. Do you, do you have a, uh, what's your favorite uh, Jamie Gillis uh, story? <laughs> I, I got a lot of good Jamie Gillis stories, but um, the first time I met Jamie, I kind of only knew him from what, me watching porn at the drive-in theater. <laughs> and think, oh, my God, this is that famous guy, Jamie Gillis. Um, and so he kind of managed to wrap me around his little finger. Um, you can imagine this shy little country girl. Um, and so the first time we were on a set, him and Amber were dating, and they were kind of a couple. And um, I was, um, I had, I think it may have been Ten Little Maidens, that movie way back, if anybody remembers that, Ten Little Maidens. So there's this huge, um, that movie got chopped up so much because of different um, obscenities. But if you're able to get a really good copy of it, it's an awesome movie. It's got all these incredible people. Amber's in it, Ginger's in it, uh, Nina's in it. I have a tiny little bit part. Anyways, back to the Jamie Gill story. So... It's a long day on the set. All I have is like a little part where I'm dressed up like a little French maid, and I walk through, and I go, glasses, wine, champagne. That's all I have to do, right? And so 14 hours on a set, that's basically all I had to do. And Amber kept saying to me, um, watch your suitcase around Jamie. And I was like, what do you mean, watch my suitcase around Jamie? I don't get it. And so I come back into the dressing room, and there's Jamie um, with his pants down, jerking off with one of my shoes. Oh, <laughs> like, Jesus. God damn it, Jamie Gillis, don't jerk off in my damn shoes. And he's like, I'm not going to get them messy. I'm just using them for a little bit. <laughs> so that was, that was a, a good one. The other one, I'll tell you a quick little story from Ten Little Maidens. There's a huge buffet table with all kinds of crazy food on it. From there's like a little suckling pig with an apple in its mouth. There's all kinds of crazy food. And they have this sex scene where they're using food and sex and all this stuff. And, and Jamie's fucking Amber, and he's got this, this head, pig's head right on her pussy, so it looks like he's fucking the, the pig. And, and I, you know, Ginger's got a, a carrot in her butt and a, a zucchini in her pussy or whatever. I mean, it's just like crazy food thing. And, um, and later on, it's all kind of done, and everybody's, I'm, I'm hearing people, like, bitching and complaining, and, and Ginger's going, well, you didn't have to put the pig on, on Amber's pussy, and Jamie's like, well, you didn't have to put the carrot in your ass either, Ginger, but you did <laughs> so, so, there's my Jamie Gillis stories. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, Herschel, he says, I got a question. Yeah. Yeah, hi. Um, so, uh. It's not a happy story, but I just want to know your uh, thoughts on the Ron Jeremy situation. Oh. Well, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's never a good, good thing. Um, I can only tell you what I know personally, um, and uh, I would say that he had a pattern of doing this on some uh, porn sets. Um, I can definitely know the first time I met him and worked with him, he had a pattern of um, uh, bringing girls into the bathroom to quote unquote practice before the scene. Yeah. And the girls. And the girls so, so, so he so he groped you as well, I'm sure, right? I mean, yeah, yeah it's pretty, but, pretty, fu you know, pretty fucked I, up, man. Pretty fucked up. Yeah, I, but you know, I mean, I I've studied martial arts for forty years of my life since I was ten years old, and I basically was like, "You're not, we're not doing this. We're not doing this." In yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I know. I guess he I guess he had a little bit of wisdom the day he was with you because you would have kicked his fucking ass, you know. Yeah, 
It, it, it's, it's really, uh, I mean, apparently this is like thousands of, you know, he, he, he had so many beautiful women, I observed, uh, offset, throwing themselves at him. I mean, there's no accounting for taste. And, and, and that he had to, he had to, uh, to, to, you know, have this feeling of power, I guess, because in, in real life, had he not been in the industry, he might not have been so successful with women. But it's, it's almost like a Bill Cosby story, you know. He could have had any woman, but he needed them incapacitated. It's a sickness, you know, and, and it's it, it 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 shines a horrible light on the males in the industry, certainly, because I was never that way, and I never I always respected women, but uh, he's he's going, he's not getting out, man. What my shocking thing, my, my shocking thing is, he's worth a lot of money, and even though they set his bail at six point six million, he could get out for half a million or more, and he's not getting out. I don't get that at all. This might be the last two months of freedom he ever has, and. His next court date is August 31st. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to bring in a dark subject, but I knew you knew him, so, yeah. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's good that we talk about this stuff. I think that if we don't talk about it, Herschel, it just becomes some weird thing in our family, you know. Um, and I, I, I think the guy had a problem. I think he was uh, he was a predator on many sets, and I know many times girls would come to me and say, "Hey, I told him no, and he he did it anyways." And the girls had nowhere to go. Nobody wanted to listen to them. Nobody wanted to say anything. The last couple uh, ones that he encounters were in Vegas, and I had. Uh, um, a friend who called me to say, hey, I just have this, my friend just got raped by Ron Jeremy in a hotel bathroom. And I said, well, she's got a place, she's got to, she's got to call the police and do charges because this guy's never going to get it until he gets charges pressed. Um, so I think that the other thing, Herschel, is that most of us that have um, sane, autonomous, uh, um, freedom, liberty, thoughts going about us can easily digest that one person does not make the whole industry bad. So one bad That's apple right. is not going to make all the men in the industry bad. I have no, of course, I of course not. It's just, it, 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 it's just, it's just what did I mean? I can't imagine, even if you're not a trained martial artist, that if somebody was coming on to you like that, you just wouldn't punch him in the face. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, I didn't see him as a violent guy, although rape is a, an act of violence. So uh, you know, I mean, just yeah, it's crazy. Just you got the nail right on the head because it, it was about power it wasn't in and the girls were so yeah because he's so famous i mean not only was he famous in porn but he was famous in the the real movie business right he knew all those real directors and he was always you know getting bit parts in real yeah, movies he, and, you know he, I mean, he was like a freak show uh, yeah yeah, he was like a side uh, side show for that, and he was never. Uh, he knew. Uh, he worked his way into meeting everybody. He was everywhere. I mean, I I, I remember in the uh, in the early '80s, I was on a flight to Los Angeles. I had already moved from New York, and um, and he was still based in New York. And this guy was. I, he says, "Oh, I fly back and forth three times a week." I mean, he would take a hundred dollar job. I mean, I, no, I, I, I might be overstating it, but he didn't spend a dime, you know. I mean, I if you're eating at a, 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 a you've, you've heard of Mateo's Italian restaurant, high-end place, right? On, in Westwood Boulevard, I don't think it's in business anymore. So I was at a dinner with some 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 pretty uh, famous celebrities, and Ron Jeremy shows up. I think Dennis Hoff from the ranch was there. I didn't know him well, but I heard there was a lot of rape activity there as well. And he shows up late, and we're all having nice dinner, steaks, lobster, whatever. And he sits at the table in his usual garb, which was, you know, hand-me-downs from Goodwill or whatever, or whatever people gave him. And he, and he, 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 he looks at this, he looks at me, he says, uh, Hirsch, you going to eat that? You know? I said, yeah, Ron, I'm going to eat it. I mean, he literally would be eating off people's plates. This guy was unbelievable. He saved a lot of money, but just no character, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Universe, beautiful. We'll catch up with that. You know, I always say what goes around comes around. So eventually that 
those kind of things are going to catch up with you. Right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, he is, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see how he survives in jail. Although people like Ron Jeremy would probably be considered a hero in jail, you know, as long as you're not dealing with underage girls. But with the coronavirus, that's the easiest way, you know. I don't see him surviving for long, you know. No, he's three months younger than me, so uh, he's unbelievable. Not that that means anything. You're in a hell of a lot better shape, let me tell you that. If I stand up, you'll say something different, but... But you, you look so great, man. You're so, you're so incredible. So great to see you. I, I, you know, Pat's been doing this for a while. I, I've only come to one other, and, and I came to see you. So, you know, I wanted to say that. Anyway, look, I'm going to run and let, let you guys finish up. Uh, stay well. I hope to see you again in this lifetime, Portia. You know, if we ever, you know, can walk around without a mask, which we probably won't. But uh, at any rate, stay well, and, and great to see you. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Yeah, yeah this is uh, actually I've done this starting uh, the last weekend of April, and uh, I have guests booked through mid-September. And uh, one of those guests is here with us, and Eric Monty is here. He was a star back in the day, uh, had some roles back in the day. I don't know if you worked with Eric or not. Eric? Hi, Patrick. Hi, uh, Porsche. How are you doing? Porsche? Good. How are you? I, I broke in in 83 in New York. I'm from Philly. I'm a Philly guy. Oh, okay. In 83, the actor was a, you know, legitimate actor. Um, uh -huh. I'm probably the Rodney Dangerfield of form. From 83 to 99, nobody knows what happened. <laughs> I love anyway, it. My, my comment is something similar to Herschel. I work with a lot of the girls, beautiful women like yourself, and, um, you know, yeah, you work with, but there's one girl that, uh, just like Herschel was talking about, you know, I never met you. I never had the pleasure of meeting you. There's one girl that kind of enchanted me, and I wonder how you felt with it if you ever met her. And she was from my home city of Philly, and that's Tyja Ray. Did you ever oh, meet her? Yeah. I was to be enchanting. I found it to be like something was about her that she was charming, and there was a, a side view that was like mysterious. Am I right about oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She definitely, she had like an ancient seductress about her. Yeah. Um, she was very intelligent. She was very quiet on the set. She wasn't extremely extroverted, um, but she was very professional. Uh, she was always on time. She was ready to go. She kept to herself a lot. Yeah. Um, but when the cameras start rolling and the director said action, and in our business, action means action, um, <laughs> um, she turned on something that, uh, like I say, just like an ancient goddess was inside of her. Um, yeah, really amazing woman. And I loved her when I loved her when she had the full figure, when she yes. was curvy and round. I, 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 I loved her. First month of her, it was 83, 84, and, and Joey said to me, watching the year, she's going to lose too much weight, and that was, she was like real beloved, she was almost like, had like a Renoir quality about her, right? I loved yes. her then, she was on that. Yeah, and she wasn't fat, but she was just nice and curvy, yeah, nice and, and, yeah. and that, that's a terrible thing that happens in the industry, everybody calls the girls fat, and then they get a complex, and, and then they starve themselves, and then they look like stupid. the hell out of me, and I never got to know her. My second comment was, she was such a turn on, I was doing shoes looking at all the time. Did you ever have a guy, a guy that you were like, had a bit of a crush on that was not, a, uh, that was not a, a star or something like that? Can you hear me all right? My I connection's can. bad. Yeah, I, you were going in yeah, and out a little bit. Are, were you asking if I ever had a crush on On a crew member, like a sound guy or a cameraman or something. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I have and yes, I have. <laughs> I have and yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. And I worked with one guy in New York I really liked. I'll let you go. I worked a lot in New York earlier, then I went to California back and forth. But did you ever work with Howard Winters? I liked Howard a lot. Yes, worked with Howard Winters. Yep. Very professional. Yeah. Yep, there were some great, really awesome cameramen. There were some yeah. great lighting guys, you know, because, again, when I started, we were still on the 35-millimeter film, which is a whole different animal. Yeah. 
from LA as well as David. How are you doing today? Is it hot out there? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, uh, hi, Portia. Thanks for being here for, with us hi, today. Um, I guess uh, my question, seeing as I'm new, like more of a newbie to this and all that, I've been looking at a lot of old films and I see that everybody has like that chemistry with each other. Like there's that friend type chemistry, if not that romantic type chemistry. How important was that during the acting um, it was important. Um, I, I mean, I can speak for myself, but I can, I think I can speak for a lot of us that it was really important. One, we, we, that friend chemistry, um, gave us a safety net. So we knew we could be safe no matter what we, uh, what we said we wanted to do or wanted to try. We knew we were safe. Um, uh, our container was safe. Um, when HIV came in, we were able to look each other in the eyes and say, hey, have you been tested? Great. Okay. You're not, you're not doing anything you shouldn't be doing. Excellent. So we had, you know, that um, not only did it create safety net for us, but it also created a uh, level of trust in each other. And that was really important at that time. Um, and, it, you know, that was a time where they, the government was actively trying to shut us down. So they were looking to bust us for anything from pandering to prostitution. They, um, it was the time of HIV, it was, it, there was many things that were going on, there was a feminist movement that was trying to uh, shut down porn, so we were kind of um, America's um, rebels, we were kind of America's renegades to do what we were doing and uh, to keep ourselves safe that uh, that friend connection was really um, important to have. And I think you see it, you know, I, I have a lot of people, it's so cute when I see these younger kids go, oh my God, I just found my, my granddad, oh my, it really makes me feel old. I just <laughs> found my granddad's VHS tapes and I found a way to unlock them and I found all this great porn that you were in and, and it was just so different back then and I'm like, okay, yes, it was. Um, I got substance. Yeah, and I think there's just something also about um, there's there was a real innocence and purity about it. You could see that the people really did like being there, um, and uh, yeah. So nice that, that nice that you noticed that, David. That's that warms my heart. All right, thanks a lot, David. Michelle's with us. Michelle, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Real good. Hi, thanks Michelle. For, thanks, Hi. Thanks how for, are you? Thanks for coming back. Good. Yeah, Patrick, I've been working a lot, else you know I'd be here. <laughs> well, okay, um, yeah, I've got two questions. One, like you were talking about HIV, or is, is everybody tested, like, for different uh, diseases and all that, so that all you girls and guys are safe? Correct. Yeah, absolutely, Michelle. So um, as soon as we were able to get a, a reliable HIV test, we were utilizing it quite quickly in the, the industry. And um, we were also testing, uh, at that time we started testing for uh, gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia. Um, and up until, you know, I haven't made porn in, in a few years. I've made more than, what, 20 years now, 10 years, 20 years something like that anyways 96 do the math 20 years over 20 years um, but the way I understand they're still tested and it also got to a point where uh, we were able to turn the tests around so quick so we could have everybody getting tested within 30 days um, when we first started testing the tests weren't uh, it took like two weeks to get the results back and things um, but now with the way they're, we're able to turn the tests around, they're able to test almost every 30 days. And sometimes you just do a swab for certain things. So, yeah, it's really important that people are, are safe. Yeah, but isn't anybody, like, scared because some of the diseases won't show up for months later? Well, yeah, you, you got to take that, um, uh, you have to make that assessment for yourself. Uh, you know, Nina and I were big, big, and we're still big proponents for 
the human immune system. Oh, so there's no 100% uh, guarantee that you're going to do this and going to be safe. Oh, um, my internet connection. Oh, <laughs> so, so I always say keep your immune system strong. And it shows right now with this whole uh, pandemic that we're living in as well. If you have I don't know if you can hear me, but my internet connection. I can hear you now, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Sure. She had she had some internet problems, and so we'll we'll unmute her one more time and see. Oh, okay. There you go. Hello. Yeah, there you go, Michelle. Okay, I did, I have some guy fixing his hair in front of me right now. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, uh, Michael, first time caller and long time. Hi. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for inviting me. You betcha. Nice to have you here. And uh, greetings from yeah. Iowa. Uh, ah, God's yes, country. Yeah, it's, it's one of those places anyway. I'm originally from Michigan as well. And ah. uh, so, yeah, you're from St. John's, I see. And, yep. uh, yeah. Um, so Patrick uh, was fixing my computer last night for a broadcast I was doing today. And, <laughs> you know, it was like we're having this conversation about what he's doing. And I think this is so fabulous to give um, folks who've been in the business a long time and as entertainers to, to really have a voice to kind of talk about what went on back in the day. And, um, you know, I'm a little older than you are, Portia, but, um, but can really respect the work that you were doing because it was at a very difficult time in our history. And uh, so anyway... Uh, Patrick, thanks so much for allowing me to butt in here and, and, and do this. Um, it's fun. Thanks. You bet. Not a problem. Hope thanks, to see you Michael. back. Hope to see you back again uh, next week. Next week, uh, by the way, we have Eden Blair. I don't know, Portia, are you familiar with Eden Blair? Uh, the name is sounding very familiar. She's after my time, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the name sounds really familiar. Like She's been to uh, a couple of Exoticas. Um, I talked to her once on the Christy Canyon show, and she also does, on YouTube, she does home repair videos. Oh, that's awesome. And I oh. think that she might, like, have, like, uh, like overalls and, like, a tank top and that kind of sexy home repair stuff, which is... I like it. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, because you know how to run a hammer. You don't pay attention to the hammer uh, when you're wearing... Uh, <laughs> overalls and a uh, uh, midriff t-shirt. Uh, you've written a couple of books. Let's talk about those books. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, um, first thing I wrote was a comic book, so I don't know if that's officially a book or not, but I uh, worked back in the days with a great comic book, um, adult, obviously adult comic book uh, uh, company, and they let us write the story if we if we wanted to, and I, I thought that was great because I love writing crazy sci-fi type of things, and uh, so I wrote, the, my first story I wrote was for my comic book, and um, then the second one I wrote was called The Girl with the Million Dollar Legs, and it's really a compilation of all the great stories that I've collected in the three arenas of the adult business that I've worked in, which was burlesque, porn, and kink. Um, so it's a, it's not really meant to be some big philosophical <laughs> book, but if you like a book with a, with a bunch of uh, great stories about the old, great old days, um, uh, it's a great book for that. So, Fantastic. Michelle does, uh, she got her connection fixed, she wants to uh, ask one last question. Sure. Hi, we have bad weather out here, so um, would you, if like, I hope I can ask this and not disrespect Patrick. And I, would you be interested in doing an autograph signing? Sure. I'm always interested. All right. Um, would you be, instead of, like, doing, giving it on here, would you be able to give contact, like, email info to Patrick, and then he can pass it on to me? Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. You're beautiful. Uh, thank you. Not a problem. Thank you, Patrick. You bet. Take care. Yeah, we don't. The, this this video goes just basically to our little autograph group that we have. We have about 900 members in here, but I'll send you wow. a, a I'll send you a link to it, and you can disperse it, do whatever you want with it. If it's if it's something you want to show off, you can show it off. Doesn't matter to me. So um, thank you. 
But uh, right. the replay will be up in our um, little room uh, for about two weeks. So if, if people do miss it, they can come back and watch it again, and uh, we can do that. So, uh, again, we want to, our hour is just about up here, so we certainly want to thank you for your time. And uh, it, I'll take 100% of the blame on the on the time zone shift. I don't know why we, we change times all the time. I just wish it was one time, you know. It's okay. Not uh, a blame. People in Arizona are so much farther ahead of us in Iowa. You, you, have, you have great people that are supporting you, so no problems, no blame, no issues. Um, thank you for doing this. I think it's a really important part of history um, for people to know, um, and I think it's great for people to see how we porn stars actually make it through to the other side, you know. Um, I'm, I'm 58 years old, so pushing 60. I still have an amazing life. I still have a lot of things that keep me busy and a lot of things that I do. And I think it's great for people to see that, hey, these people are actually just people. They've went through some different things in their life, but they, they come out the other side and, and they're still just good people. So I, I like that you're promoting that. You bet. And I reached out to Tasha Ray about uh... – Oh, about a year and a half ago, and she said, you know, I've got nothing against the business, but I've just changed lives, and that's not right. my life anymore, and yeah. I'm doing this, and no, I don't want to sign your stuff. So right. I've got to respect that, and there's no yep. trash talk in it. She just says, I moved on. And so yep. that's that's kind of a cool thing, too. So anyway, uh, that's our show for this week. We'll put on the replay as soon as I get it back. And uh, Michael, did you have one more one more question? I'll unmute. He's on mute. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Patrick. Portia, I, I, um, it just reminded me that you started this work in burlesque, and you must have been in the waning times of that. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. It was, uh, it was right at the very end of the tempest storms and all the big peelers, um, but I was still um, at the time of where it was still the big burlesque stages, right. you know, the houses that held 2,000 people with the balconies, with the red velvet curtains. I mean, it was like an amazing time to come out on stage and have 2,000 people in the house just, you know, rocking the house. Yeah, um, we had that in, we had a, a club like that in Detroit. And yes. I was very young. But, uh, yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, those, those places are gone now, you know. Chicago had the Admiral right. Theater, New York had Show World, Show Place. Every big city had some big burlesque place that, unfortunately, now those places are, are just gone. So um, treasure, treasure the memories of our history. It's a good thing. I remember, um, I believe Des Moines had a, a couple of them. One was at East 14th in Euclid, but boy, I, I couldn't say if I'd ever been there or not. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I give the exact address. So anyway, again, we certainly want to thank you for coming along with us today. And again, Eden Blair is uh, next week. And we just have, I just lined up uh, Veronica Hart. And uh, uh, have a lot of folks. At any time, uh, Portia, you want to come back and either just kind of chime in and view? You're more than welcome to do that. Yeah, definitely. So especially with Veronica Hart. She's like, I, she's legendary, iconic. Yeah. What okay. a wonderful woman. Okay, well, thanks, everybody, for coming out, and uh, we'll talk to you all again. Thanks, Portia. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.